Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are in the book of Acts, chapter 8, moving through the book of Acts. Now, this is an amazing chapter. There's some very interesting stuff that's going on. There's a grassroots movement that's happening. Jesus, when he had resurrected from the dead, Matthew 28, he goes up onto a mountain with his disciples, and he tells them to go into all of the world and to make disciples of all nations. That's what he told the leaders there, the apostles. So let's see what happens um, with that. Chapter 8, verse 1. On that day, well, on the day that the Apostle Paul, well, he wasn't the Apostle Paul yet, he was Saul, and he was assenting to the death of Stephen, the first martyr. Stephen, who did all kinds of, of signs and wonders and miracles, he was a deacon. He was the guy that rakes the leaves. He's the guy that sets up the tables. Had the power of God working in his life. Well, he becomes the first martyr. Uh, God gave him word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and he preached this amazing message, this amazing sermon that God is where God is. Wherever God is, that's the holy place. Well, on that day, after he is made a martyr, after he dies for his faith, a great persecution breaks out against the church in Jerusalem. So um, I guess the honeymoon is over. And uh, persecution is breaking out in Jerusalem. Watch this. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Did you catch that? In Matthew 28, Jesus told the apostles to go into all of the world and to, and to make disciples of all nations. Persecution comes, scatters them. Now, persecution can't stop the forward movement of the church. In fact, what's going to happen here is that persecution is going to increase the forward movement of the church. But who's going to go? The apostles stay. The apostles stay. And the regular church-going people, the church attendees, the other people in the church, they're scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So this thing is starting to scatter out. In the book of Acts, um, they were told that go into Jerusalem and wait till the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which they were, um, in Judea you know, the region going out, in Samaria, you know, to sort of the outcasts and then to the uttermost parts of the world. Well, now it's spreading out. It's going to Judea. It's going to Samaria. But it's not the apostles. It's not the apostles. It's just the people, the people that had been going to the fellowships, going to the home fellowships, the ones that were meeting outside. It's so amazing that anybody can be a witness. Anybody can go and share the gospel. And as they go, they're going to start little fellowships um, wherever they go, scattered. And so that's what God does. He takes us and he scatters us. He takes us and scatters us. It's a grassroots roots movement. So <clears throat> verse 2, godly men buried Stephen and they mourned deeply for him. Now, I think that this is important, that they mourned for him and they missed him. Uh, it was a tragedy. They feel a loss. They feel a human loss. Uh, sometimes um, Christian people can be a little bit flippant about death and be flippant about the death of loved ones. Uh, Jesus, when his friend Lazarus died, it says that Jesus wept. He wept. He, he knew the human pain of loss. He knew the human pain of that, you know, the emptiness of losing a friend, losing a life, losing a close one. And so we certainly do mourn and, and we do cry. Now, we, we don't mourn as others who have no hope that, you know, we'll never see each other again. We certainly will see each other again. At least these people will, the believers in Stephen. 
and Stephen, not in Stephen, may have sounded like that, but the believers and Stephen are going to see each other. So, you know, our, our grief is tempered, but it's still a grief and it's deep grief. It says that, you know, these guys are mourning deeply for him. You know, what a what a loss and, and what a waste and, and how silly that they would do this, that they would stone Stephen for something that he never even said anyway. Well, so godly men buried him and they mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. So Saul is sort of emboldened because of what happens with Stephen, because it gets great approval. Now there's persecution going out. And so Saul is emboldened, and he's trying to shut down the church. And he tells us later, the Apostle Paul, after his conversion, that, you know, he was bringing men and women in and trying to get them to recant the faith. And persecution, terrible thing. And, And this guy was the cheerleader. He was the forerunner. He was adamant about it. He did not want to see this Christian movement grow. And so going from house to house, um, I don't know if that's going from home to home or house to house. You know, we probably need to figure it out. And wherever you land with it, it's probably okay. But they were meeting in houses. The, The young church primarily met in homes. They didn't own church buildings. They didn't have tax-exempt status. They didn't have steepled buildings on the corners of Main Street and Central Avenue in, in the major cities. They met in homes. And so it could be that he's going from house to house, not so much home to home. If he's going to home to home, then you know, there'd be, you know, some Christians in that home. But maybe maybe in a home there's some Christians, there's not some Christians. The Apostle Paul, you know, when he writes to the Corinthians, indicates that, you know, there's lots of households that have, you know, believers and unbelievers uh, living in, in the same household. A husband who believes and a wife who doesn't, or a wife who believes and a husband who doesn't. And so he's going from house to house, probably from church to church, and follow, finding them there when they're meeting. And what's he doing? He's dragging them off, both men and women, and he puts them in prison. Uh, He wants to stop this thing. He wants to shut it down. And the Apostle Paul is adamant about it. So there you have Paul breathing out threats to the churches. Well, those who had been scattered. Now, here's the cool thing, right? You, me, those who had been scattered, uh, not the apostles that spent three years with Jesus, not the, the ones that, you know, were with him in the little circles where he was teaching them privately and when he was teaching in big groups and going from village to village. But those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Well, that's the thing. Wherever we go, we should bring the word with us and uh, see what it does. The people are scattered, so when we're scattered, let's scatter seed. Philip, of course, these deacons, Stephen and Philip, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Ends up in this city in Samaria, and he's teaching that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Savior. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, wow, these deacons are amazing. <laughs> you know, these deacons are doing signs and wonders and miracles and healing people and you know, just, wow, just spontaneous moves of the Spirit. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they played. They paid close attention to what he said. 
you know, well, how is he getting crowds? Well, probably, you know, the signs and wonders and the miracles. Uh, but also, if you go into these villages, ancient villages, you know, people have been there for generations. Nothing's ever happening. And so if some guy comes from Jerusalem, you know, is preaching this message. Probably a lot of people want to come out and hear him. So they, they paid close attention to what he was saying, probably because of the miracles. With, sh with shrieks, impure spirits came out of, of many. And many who were paralyzed were lame and healed. Now, if, there was, if you lived in these villages where for generations, you know, the same families, generation after generation after generation, if there were paralyzed people in your village, you knew who they were. It's as simple as that. There's no doubt that, you know, this person wasn't paralyzed or it's some show or something like that. You knew these people and you knew these paralyzed people. So if you've been living in town for 32 years and you've known this guy the whole time and he's always been paralyzed and this guy Philip comes in and he prays for him and the guy gets healed, man, do you have the village's attention or what? So with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And so there was great joy in that city. Well, um, we're going to jump down a little bit. And um, we're going to jump down to uh, verse 26. It says, An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go down to the road, to the desert road that goes to Jerusalem, to Gaza. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He was on his way back, sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and be near it. And Philip ran up to the chariot. And he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you know what you're reading about? And he said, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up into, and sit with him in the chariot. And this is the passage he was reading, Isaiah 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before her shearers is silent. So he didn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. And who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Jesus, the prophecy from Isaiah, the prophecy of the suffering servant, Jesus. Here's what's going on. This man is being prepared by the Holy Spirit, and he brings Philip, who has the Holy Spirit. God is preparing people in your life right now. And so, anyway, the eunuch said to Philip, can you tell me who it is? And Philip leads him to Christ. He leads him to Christ. I guarantee you that in your life right now, there are people that the Holy Spirit is working with. And he's going to bring you, who has the Holy Spirit, and you can lead those people to Christ. Read the rest of, of Acts chapter 8. We didn't get, get to look at it all. But amazing, amazing stuff. God using the ordinary people for the forward movement of the worldwide expansion of the church of Jesus Christ. Wow. Hey, bless you guys. Bible and daily life.